The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, myself and Bully Ray talk about Monday Night Raw, especially the direction of Drew McIntyre, and could we see a new intercontinental champion at SummerSlam? Speaking of SummerSlam, could we possibly see a new world heavyweight champion at SummerSlam? We talk about Finn Balor and Seth Rollins. Well, right now on the Busted Open Podcast. One thing I wanted to bring up today with you, because obviously we're going to talk a lot about Monday Night Raw. And somebody that we don't get the opportunity to talk a lot about. But when we do talk about him, we talk about him glowingly. And that's Gunther who is your current intercontinental champion. You know, we talk a lot about Roman Reigns and how long he's held that championship. And he is in rarefied air as far as like now passing Pedro Morales. And he's there with Bob Backlund, Hulk Hogan, and Bruno San Martino. Uh, Gunther, I believe now is at 410, 411 days. Right now he is currently number four on the list of longest reigning intercontinental champions he's about to pass randy savage and randy savage's reign in 1986 and he's not far behind pedro morales and the honky tonk man who's the longest reigning intercontinental champion at 453 days so i feel like if gunther can get past drew mcintyre at SummerSlam, we might be looking at the longest reigning intercontinental champion of all time I think that Gunther has done a fantastic job as the Intercontinental Champion. I think that a championship that had lost much of its luster over the years to the point where we were we were trying to figure out what this championship even means and what it really does for anybody. I think he's restored some of that former glory to the championship as a fighting champion. I would love to see Gunther surpass savage and morales and honky tonk man and and be the number one guy on the list um i do know that the wwe wants fresh names at the top of their history um a lot of fans might not know who bruno san martino is anymore we're generations removed from bruno but it's still bruno and if he was to stay at the top of the list we understand why 
look at how great of a job that the WWE did with the Usos and the New Day. You know, yep. the Usos and the New Day stand at the, the very top of the tag team list in the amount of championships that they have won with uh, New Day clocking in at 11. And I think the uh, Usos clocking in at nine. No, Usos now being referred to, or at least by me, as the greatest tag team in the history of the WWE based on the storyline they're involved in and based on the fact that they have main evented a WrestleMania. Gunther is on that same path. Every time you see that Gunther out there, that that championship just looks great around yes. Gunther's waist. Gunther's whole presentation, his whole aura, that 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 thing that that Gunther just has when he stand there really works. And for the WWE, I'd love to be sitting there. Uh, I'd love to see him sitting there at the top of the list um, for the Intercontinental Championships. And how about the fact that we were all. I don't want to say that we were all wrong, Dave, but man, do you remember when we dogpiled on the rabbit when it when Vince McMahon changed Walter's name to Gunther? Yes, we hated it. This name change worked pretty well for him, hasn't it? Yeah, and it always seems to as well, Bully. Like we bitch and moan when there's a name change, but after a while you get used to it. You hear it enough that you don't even think about the old name. Um, and that's the same thing when it comes to Gunther. Yes, when he was Walter, he was dominant. But it's almost like we're looking at a completely different wrestler than when we were looking at Walter. Like, obviously, he's in a lot better shape than he was when he was Walter. He's on a bigger stage right now than when he was with Walter. And like you said, Bully, he's done wonders with this Intercontinental Championship for way too long. The Intercontinental Championship was just a secondary championship that was something that was always lost in the sauce, whether it was on a pay-per-view or on a SmackDown or a Monday Night Raw. That is not the case anymore. And it's actually helped Drew McIntyre. We're going to see Drew go after this Intercontinental Championship at SummerSlam, Bully. And did you hear the pop that Drew got last night? It wasn't that long ago that he was getting very mediocre reactions from the crowd. I believe that Gunther has a lot to do with that. And Dave, you said that, you know, Gunther has done a lot for the Intercontinental Championship. We have to give creative credit where credit is due. Because when things go wrong in the WWE, I always put it back on creative. Because very rarely is it the talent. Because the talent is just going out there and, you know, basically playing out, acting out, fighting out, uh, battling out what creative has given to them. And creative has done a great job with Gunther. Now, the championship looks great around that guy, but what has Gunther done on his own as a champion? Well, he's doing what creative has allowed him to do as a champion. So when the right character comes along with the right creative and now the right championship, you're getting with what you're getting, what you're getting with Gunther. It's working. It's helping Drew because Drew is one of those guys who likes to stand there and fight. Who better to stand there and fight than Gunther? It's like Drew has a real opponent in Gunther. In Gunther with Sheamus, we always knew that Sheamus and Drew were just 
best buddies who like to go out there and fight. But at the end of the day, they were going to hug and drink a beer together and we're always going to be water under the bridge. I don't get that feeling with Drew and Gunther. I feel like this is two big, raw men who want to go out there and beat the crap out of each other. And what I'm hoping for, and I didn't get this last night, or at least I didn't feel I got this last night, is I'm hoping that Gunther can bring out a different side of Drew on the microphone, personality-wise. Remember, I have said, I've gone on record, there's something about Drew's personality that doesn't fully resonate. He looks the part. He wrestles the part. He fights the part. He stands there the part. He everything's the part other than when he talks. When Drew talks, I can't get as into him as I have with everything else that he has done. So I'm hoping creative through Gunther can get under Drew's skin and get more of that badass out of Drew that I would love to see. Well, I hope we get that next week on Monday Night Raw because that's the last Raw before we get to SummerSlam. So uh, I love what Guther's doing with Imperium and what McIntyre is doing against those members of Imperium. But I feel like we need that face-to-face next week between those two. I've actually seen a lot of fire from Guther when he's on the microphone. We saw that last week on Raw in Atlanta, Bully, but we need to see that next Monday night from Drew McIntyre. And I love what you said about the feel of the match because, yes, we knew when Drew and Sheamus were in the ring together that it was going to be a fight. You get that same feel with Guther, but there's more angst to it. We know at the end of the day it's just not out of friendship, but there's real angst between these two. And now you've built up this Intercontinental Championship. Bully that if Drew wins this at SummerSlam, he's really accomplished something. I feel like if it was a couple of years ago and Drew won it, it wouldn't have meant anything. We would probably be having a conversation like, this championship might be holding Drew McIntyre down. That won't be the case if he wins it at SummerSlam. Um, I'd love to see that championship stay around the waist of Gunther for a, a period of time. You've heard me talk on this show about the workhorse champions. Go figure. I believe they're referring to Seth as a workhorse champion. They might have even referred to Gunther as a workhorse champion, a guy who can go out there and just wrestle and fight and be aggressive and defend a championship every week if we need to have it. That's what I want to see from this guy. Not that Drew McIntyre can't do that, but I think it's just time for the fresh blood of Gunther who has been getting the job done. It's very, very, very unfortunate what happened to Drew McIntyre because he will always be the COVID champion. He will always be the guy that had to, you know, carry the company when there was nobody there. And by no fault of his, I do think it affected him. Yes or no, Dave, do you agree or not? It definitely did, because you look at before the lockdown, Bully, that moment at the Rumble, that was a huge moment. That Claymore kick on Brock and knocking him over the top rope, we talked about it for weeks, what a big moment that was. But he won that title in front of zero fans at WrestleMania. 
a pre-taped WrestleMania where, you know, in his book, he talks about that he was actually in his living room on the sofa watching him win the, you know, that WWE championship at WrestleMania. And then when crowds came back, I feel like him wrestling every week during the lockdown in front of no fans or in front of, you know, that the LED screens in the dome, it did not help him at all. I feel like he was a victim of the lockdown that fans were kind of tired of seeing Drew McIntyre. And that's unfortunately what he was a victim of a very unfortunate time for pro wrestling. And I don't know if they ever went in this direction with Drew, but if they did, it didn't resonate with me. I want to draw a comparison to Will Ospreay's promo that he cut on Kenny Omega before the Tokyo Dome show. I believe it was this year. Yes. In which Osprey gets out of his chair and goes up to Kenny and just starts. It's not about the F-bombs that he was dropping. It was about the real meat of what he was saying to Kenny, as in, you don't know what I had to go through this past two years. You don't know what it was like to fly 11 hours to Japan and because uh, every two weeks and then have to add an extra three hours to that flight because of the war in Russia and Ukraine. You didn't know what it was like to have to go quarantine in your room for two weeks uh, and not see uh, you know any any daylight other than what came through your window and eat three meals a day in your room. And basically live on the internet and only watch one channel on on television just so you can get out of the room on match day and go wrestle in front of a bunch of people who had to stay quiet and could only clap and bang their feet like will late out laid out the real life trial and tribulations that he had to go through during the COVID era. Yep. Just to keep doing what he loved. It might be too late now, but that's what I would have loved to have hear come out of Drew's mouth. And if they ever went there, I just don't remember it. It never resonated with me. Wills, I absolutely loved. And the dr- F-bombing every other word, it, uh, it, did I think it was too much cursing? Absolutely. But necessary cursing to um, emote the emotion of how angry Will truly was that Kenny got to live his life on a silver platter while uh, Will Ospreay was carrying New Japan in a way that felt so grueling, yet he got it done. That's what we should have gotten from Drew. Yes, I, I, I a thousand percent agree with you, Bully, because what Will did is he took that moment and he used it to motivate him and also tell his story to the audience. I think the WWE chose to kind of just forget about it. Let's just move on. Let Drew move on. And let's let's forget about the tough time of that lockdown where, you know, I would love and and who knows, Bully, maybe we get it next week on Monday Night Raw. I doubt it but it would be great if he did just what you said on Monday Night Raw next week. I think that promo <clears throat> is in the rearview mirror already. Too late? I, 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 don't, I, I think it's too late. I think we all want to forget about COVID. I don't think bringing it up anymore really does anything for Drew. And also the biggest problem, I don't know if Drew has it in him. Drew is a very 
nice man. And I know he can, I, I know Drew can probably get angry, but I believe that Drew's anger only lasts a short period of time in real life. You know, I, I just don't know if Drew has that, that, that something deep inside of him. I remember uh, the same thing with Bobby Lashley. And, and we've talked about this before that, that genuine, just anger, that, that I know you're a badass. Like you can beat somebody up because I've seen the both of them do it. I want to hear it in their voice. I want to see guys like Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre be able to back people up with their voice. When I hear Gunther talk, when I hear Zering General, I'm like, oh, God, this guy means what he's saying. So I wish the best. I, I know they're going to have a great match. I'm very much looking forward to Drew versus Gunther. I'm hoping Gunther comes out. I hope Gunther breaks the intercontinental record as soon as possible. Well, I mean, now you bring up something very interesting, Bully, because if I had to make a prediction, I would probably pick Drew. Though the conversation we're having right now, when you look at the records and how close he is to being number one, that makes a lot of sense to me. But what happens to Drew if he loses at SummerSlam? He's finally getting to get that crowd behind him. It's It's been a slow journey, but he's gotten there. He got a huge pop last night on Raw. If he loses to Gunther at SummerSlam, where does that leave Drew McIntyre? I definitely think there's a way to lose to Gunther in which he wouldn't lose steam in the fans' eyes. But I understand what you're saying. There's been a lot of knocks against Drew. Um, and him winning the start big... and stops with Drew. But, but why do you think? I think that it's you're, you're sitting. Own... You're you're. It's Monday morning. You're sitting at the in the boardroom with Vince McMahon, and he says, "Dave, why the start and stop with Drew? What's the problem?" You're trying to get back to that moment at the Royal Rumble before the lockdown. And I don't know how you get there, Bully. You just said it. He's not a guy that's really going to draw in the emotion on the microphone. So it's got to be his opponent. I don't think Sheamus did him a lot of favors, though that was entertaining matches. I think we both agree, especially Sheamus was the MVP during the lockdown. We talked about that a lot. You got to find that perfect opponent for him. That's going to draw that emotion and maybe a loss at SummerSlam against Gunther brings that emotion out of Drew, but that's what you really need. You need that perfect partner. And I don't know who that could be. I don't know why this just popped into my head, but I'll, I'll tell you a quick story. Okay. Who's the guy that debuted Drew McIntyre onto the main roster on SmackDown? The first time or this or it was oh the first, first time. time he was the chosen one, Vince McMahon. Maybe Vince McMahon needs to come back out. And like I said, this is not going to happen. Maybe Vince McMahon should come back out and go, my God, was I wrong about you? You're a bust. You never made me a dime. You're this, you're that. Maybe you need somebody just like you suggested, as we have suggested, that forces people to emotionally attach to a Drew McIntyre. Every, um, when it comes to certain characters, I'll go to Ricochet. 
a character like Ricochet needs a prototypical, stereotypical, textbook, bully-esque character. I'm not talking about me. I'm just talking about a bully-esque character. Somebody that's going to breathe down Ricochet's neck. Now, you wouldn't think that anybody could probably breathe down Drew's neck, but a character like a Mr. McMahon who is a bully at heart, always has been, sometimes in real life too, um, can, can get under Drew's skin. I don't know who's out there in the WWE who can breathe down Drew's neck and bring that next evolution of Drew out. But I don't, I, I think that if we never see it, you're never going to see Drew go any higher on the card than where he's at now. You're never going to hear <clears throat> bigger reactions for Drew McIntyre. Have the reactions grown for Cody? Yes. I don't think you're going to hear the reactions grow for Drew unless they get Drew the right opponent. And man, you know, it's so sad. And I know we've bring this up and you just brought it up before. He had it. You know, that's the thing. That's the thing where it's like, this is not anything that Drew McIntyre did. The story was great. He was with the WWE. He was the chosen one. He kind of fell down the ladder. He was a part of three-man band at the end that were just, you know, for the lack of a better term, glorified enhancement talent, right? And then he was gone from the company. He fought his way back on the indie scene organically grew his name back out there. Then he went and he came back and he had this great journey, built himself back up to where he's Claymore kicking Brock Lesnar over the top rope and winning the Royal Rumble to an amazing response. One of the biggest responses we've ever heard at the Royal Rumble. And we're like, oh my God, this is the dream come true for Drew McIntyre. He... It's very rare we see somebody fall off the ladder like he did, climb right back up, and reach to the top. And he was there, Bully. He was right out there at that last top rung and almost was about to put his foot down. And from no fault of his, the lockdown happens. That's got to be tough to swallow, that you're watching your moment, the moment you work so hard for, to come back and win the championship in the main event at WrestleMania, and it's a and it's a WrestleMania bully that I've said many times on this show. I will never go back and watch because that was such a tough WrestleMania, a, a WrestleMania at the Performance Center in front of no fans. That moment is supposed to happen in Tampa in front of seventy five thousand fans, and it happened with zero fans in attendance. That's tough to swallow, man. I'll give you the other side of that. Rhea Ripley, same WrestleMania, stole the show with Charlotte Flair. Where's Rhea now? She's at the top. But, Everybody but, went through that WrestleMania. Everybody went through that time. It's it's It was a rough time for Drew because he had to be the face of the place, the champion of the WWE during COVID, yeah. but not much has changed with Drew McIntyre's personality or the way he's presented. Why did they take away the sword? I don't care whether you like the sword or dislike the sword. Why did they take the sword away? The only thing I can think of is for a change. I don't have an answer for you. Okay. 
but it was Back something to him and that Gunther. was. A- I hope it's a great match. I-, I hope they can find the guy that could that could. And there's your promo. I just gave you your promo. Anybody could say it. if I let, let's say I showed up on Monday Night Raw next Monday, and I'm in the ring with Drew McIntyre, and I just start laughing. I go, "You, you're the guy." You're the guy that Vince McMahon walked out here 15 years ago and said you were the future. You're the guy that was supposed to be this and this. The billionaire who just sold the joint for 9.3 put all his eggs in your basket? Oh, dear God, he must have been high that day because nobody in their right mind would invest that much time in that much effort in a bust like you, Drew McIntyre. You start cutting that promo on him, people are forced. See, it's hard, to, and I know we got to go to a break, Dave. Manipulation of emotion in pro wrestling is very few still know how to do it. Very few know how to stand there with, with, with a talent and force the people to love that person or force the people to hate that person. It's not that person actually connecting with the people. It's the person on the microphone getting the people to emotionally invest in the other guy. And I'm telling you, it's like, it's like the Jedi and the Sith. Very few exist. Very few get it. But if you have the right person, it's not even a Miz. It's not even a Miz kind of character because you're just going to expect Drew to kick Miz's head off. Yes. It's a character that people hate so much that they're forced to love Drew. This is former UFC champion Chris Weidman. Do you want to feel what it's like to get in the octagon with me? Right now, we are bringing the hardest-hitting MMA talk on the planet to your podcast feeds with Won't Back Down, a SiriusXM podcast. Every Monday, I'm speaking my mind and taking you inside combat sports like no one else. Every tap, every snap, and whatever else is on my mind. Download Won't Back Down right now on SiriusXM, Stitcher, Pandora, or wherever you get your podcast. Won't Back Down. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also, 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. If a friend asks how you're doing, and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because, If I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. 
then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free confidential support anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. The best part of spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for $15 a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash bustedopen. That's mintmobile.com slash bustedopen. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash bustedopen. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. It was a little rough last night to end Monday Night Raw. I don't remember the last time Monday Night Raw went a minute over, let alone five minutes over. You would think that they, if they, if they were going to do a five-minute overrun, which is reminiscent of Attitude Era Raws when they were going head-to-head with Nitro, thus you could pick up some of the rating in the overrun, the first quarter hour of, of the 11 o'clock hour. I don't, I, I don't remember seeing this in quite some time. And if you were going to go five minutes over, why was that the segment to do it with? Why was last night's shows the show to do it with? Like, I would love a legitimate answer. I'm not going to bury it. I'm not going to uh, question it. I will ask questions about it, but I'm not quite sure why last night was the one they chose. As far as what we got out of that segment, nothing. I, to, to me, it was a lot of uh, it was a, a lot of nothing. Yeah, I mean, it and, ended. And, and, hot, and I brought something up day, a couple, but... and I brought um, something up. A couple of weeks to go uh, ago to you, Dave, and we'll, I'll hit it again with you. Take Seth's song, not the song that he comes out to, the song that the fans sing when he's out there. What is it? How does it go again? Well, oh, it's, just a, it's, oh, a, it's his song. It's just the the the, the, the fans continue it. Um, but you take that away, and what do we have left with Seth? We still have that Seth character that nobody can put their finger on yet. All right. I, and the song, the song, and this is just an opinion. When he comes out, it's one thing. The song just happening in the middle of everything has almost become annoying. I, yes or no? I, yes. Now, I've been getting killed. Bully, you're the perfect person to talk about this with because I've been getting killed. Because, listen. I think we all agree Seth Rollins is a fantastic wrestler. He's one of the best. You know, there's no doubt he's a talented guy, and he's over as hell. So when I make these complaints, which I do here on the show, I get a lot of flack about he's over. How can you hate on Seth Rollins? He's over. I'm not hating on Seth Rollins. I'm just trying to figure it out. Yes, he's over. Yes, when the, when he comes out, the crowd sings his song. I still, I still don't understand his character, his personality. 
I still don't get it. I still don't understand why I need to be emotionally invested in Seth Rollins. Now, the one thing about Seth Rollins is he's a great pro wrestler, right? You talked about that World Heavyweight Championship and that you got to put a little bit of credibility on that championship. Since since that World Heavyweight Championship has started for Seth, Bully, has it main-evented pay-per-views? No. It's usually the tag matches involving the Usos and the Bloodline that's been main-eventing the premium live events, right? If, yes. It, okay. Then you talked about, and you mentioned it earlier in the show, Seth is going to be that workhorse champion. He's going to be the guy that is going to defend this title each and every week on TV because, you know what, Roman doesn't do that. So now Seth needs to be the complete opposite of Roman. Since Roman's not wrestling and Roman's not defending that championship, Seth needs to do that. Well, since Seth, and if I'm wrong, somebody tell me, since Seth has become the world heavyweight champion, he's only defended this title twice on Monday Night Raw, once in June and once so far here in July. So he's not exactly defending this title or wrestling each and every week on Monday Night Raw. I still don't know how to look at this World Heavyweight Championship bully, and I still don't know why I need to be emotionally invested in Seth Rollins. As a matter of fact, if you listen to Finn and Seth in the ring last night, I understand where Finn is coming from. You know, I get it. The guy was that first, you know, universal champion. He got injured over something that, you know, a lot of people say should be banned in, in pro wrestling with that buckle bomb outside the ring, right? I I can understand where Finn is coming from. Seth, he just comes across like everything's a joke. And then you get, even when he's talking, Bully, when even when Finn, when Seth is on the mic, the fans are singing the song. I, I, again, he's over, he's getting a great reaction from the crowd, but when I'm watching it on TV, I, I don't know how I'm supposed to emotionally get invested in Seth Rollins. Do you, and in your opinion, is the singing in the middle of everything as annoying as what chance? It's not there, but it's getting there. Like the what chance annoyed the fuck out of me. Um, it's not quite there yet, but it's getting there. It's like, all right, I get it. We the, we know the song. You love Seth. You're singing the song. But how about, you know, why do we get the what chance, Bully? We get the what chance because the fans aren't invested in what the person is saying on the microphone. And they're trying to get under the wrestler's skin by doing the what chance. So why are you singing the song with Seth? He's on the microphone. He's trying to say something. And now you're singing over him. Which makes me think that what he's saying isn't really that important to the crowd. That's just my take. Who wins this match? Seth or Finn? It's I would probably think it's going to be Seth. I hope it's Finn because I, I think the so intern I hope uh, the internal story of Finn and Priest intrigues me. And Damien, Damien, and uh, Dominic, and um, and uh, Rhea trying to, to to have to keep them at bay. Seth, to me, as the champion, he was a good choice for the first champion, but he's he's not the workhorse guy 
that I believe that they, they that they made us believe he was going to be. Now I know it's still brand new. I get it. But that championship was created for every other reason other than the one that we truly needed. And I'm not and I don't buy into that championship. In the short term that that championship has been around, Dave, do you, are you buying into it? No. Is it did you give them an opportunity to make you buy into it? Or did Not you yet. have your mind made up from Jump Street? Uh, that's a fair question. That You know what, Bully? That's a fair question. To be fair, I wasn't buying into the World Heavyweight Championship to begin with. Now, they haven't it's like, done... It's like, look, Dave, I don't mean to cut you off. Yeah. Look at what they want us to buy into at times and believe. As much as I really have been enjoying what the WWE has been doing lately. Look at this stuff with the, like Seth's championship. Oh, workhorse and this, and I'm going to do everything that Roman didn't and blah, blah, blah. And then not, not really. It's pretty much the same. And then here's Dominic on NXT wins the NXT North American championship goes on SmackDown, defends it against a raw guy. Last night he's on raw defending and he like, all of the things that you state and that you want us to know and believe, you go and you just flip the switch on us. And you know what WWE fans keep doing? They just keep dealing with it. Now, we both think that the draft is a farce. I already told you it's only programming and it's there for what they need it to be at any given moment. Otherwise, nothing more than programming. But look at all this stuff that they want us to buy into. Seth's championship to me at this juncture, if Seth Rollins had been on television doing a Cena-esque U.S. championship open match every week and winning in Iron Man fashion, then I'd be buying into this a lot more. Because now you are exactly the type of champion you said you were going to be from the minute you won this championship, which is the exact opposite of Roman Reigns. Yeah, and 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 right now that's not the case. And I think the two defenses that he had on Monday Night Raw, one was against Damian Priest and one was against Dom Mysterio. So all members of the Judgment Day, which is a part of the story. So you're really not getting outside the balloon of what this story is, right? So, you know, you're not having these open challenges. You're not letting, you know, some other people on the roster get an opportunity for this World Heavyweight Championship. And you're really not going by any rating system either. Who's the number one contender? Because if that was the case, Don Mysterio wouldn't be getting a chance at the World Heavyweight Championship. So none of those things that, you know, kind of bring the credibility to the championship is actually having, is happening. Now, you make a good point. Like, did, you, did this happen because of what I'm seeing, or did I already have this in my head when they, you know, first debuted the World Heavyweight Championship? I did. Like, I got to be honest. You know, I said it here on this show. I wasn't buying into the World Heavyweight Championship. Why have it when you already have somebody like Roman? Nothing is going to touch Roman. And they proved that. Because even if it's not Roman defending his t- championship title, if he's just attached to a match, it's your main event not the World Heavyweight Championship. But the other thing is, too, and this is why I wanted to mention it to you, Bully, is that, like, listen, when it comes to Seth Rollins, I almost feel like I'm poo-pooing the party here 
People love Seth. Obviously, he gets a great reaction. But, you know, people are saying to me, hey, he's over. Why are you hating on a guy that's over? I mean, Bully, he is over. I mean, he does get a great crowd reaction when he comes out, Bully. So is it just me? What is it I'm not getting? Because obviously I'm in the minority because the WWE Universe seems to love Seth Rollins. And at the end of the day, Bully, isn't that all that matters? I'm not quite sure how much of the WWE Universe actually loves Seth Rollins, as in a majority of the WWE Universe are following the lead on any given night at Raw. Everybody else is singing, so I should sing too. I definitely think Seth has that fan base. I definitely think that people are very much into Seth. But I, I think if you were to take, uh, if you were to walk into Monday Night Raw and actually speak to the audience and go, okay, why do you like Seth Rollins? Um, well, I, I like to sing his song. Yeah, but tell me why you like Seth Rollins. What about the performer? What about the character? Or ask them, what is Seth Rollins' character? I think you're going to get a lot of different answers. Yes. But I also have, I also explained two weeks ago, that's the beauty in Seth Rollins' character. That is the art in Seth Rollins' character in which Seth Rollins' character can be whatever you want it to be. It's left up to your interpretation. And as a matter of fact, if somebody were to say to Seth, if I was talking to Seth right now, I go, Seth, what's your character? Who are you? Seth would sit back and go, man, come on, Bubba. Don't you know who I am? Don't you know what I'm all about? Dude, you're the only one who doesn't get it. Where you start to question yourself and you're like, oh, maybe I'm not the cool kid at the party. And that's how I feel, that Boy. character, that's beautiful because it's so open-ended. Yes. There's no real answer. It's like, it's like the question of the universe. <laughs> like if, if you're in heaven and you get to ask God one question, God, who is Seth Rollins? Even God's going to tell you, David. Don't you get it? <laughs> You're the only one who doesn't get it. Why does my God sound like Vince McMahon? Yeah, very well. Um, but you're right, Bully. I feel like, yes, a lot of people attack me on social media because they're like, you don't get it. Just like that. No one's explaining to me what the character is, but they're all like, and it, I think it, I think for a lot of fans, it really doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because it's working, it's clicking, it's getting getting a reaction, which is fine. But I need some kind of story. We always talk about storytelling. What's the story with Seth Rollins? Now, now we fast forward to SummerSlam. Now, if I were to make a prediction, I would probably predict that Seth is going to retain. But to your point, Bully, he shouldn't. Because if he beats Finn Balor at SummerSlam, well, then where do you go with the story? He's already beaten Dom Mysterio on Monday Night Raw. He's already beaten Damian Priest on Monday Night Raw. If he beats Finn Balor at SummerSlam, well, then he's beaten everybody on the Judgment Day. So, like, where do you go from there? And there's such a great story between Finn and Damian Priest if Finn is holding that World Heavyweight Championship with Damian carrying that Money in the Bank briefcase. 
because if you think about it, Bully, the Judgment Day pretty much for a while now is opening up Monday Night Raw every single week. They open with the Judgment Day. They're the thread. They're the story throughout the whole show. So, man, Finn has to win at SummerSlam because, Bully, if Seth wins, there's no story there. And, again, there's no reason for me to be emotionally invested in Seth Rollins. If Seth were to win, it's not the end of the world. He just needs to start defending that championship the way he said he would. And if you're doing it in workhorse fashion, you don't necessarily need a story every single week. You just need to come out and defend that championship every single week because we were told that the championship was created because Roman Reigns has a clause in his contract in which in which he says he doesn't have to defend as much. So this championship was created so it can be defended as much. So, if Seth wins, just defend that championship often. However, if Finn wins and Finn is holding that championship high in the air and has overcome the situation or the hardship that Seth Rollins put him through seven years ago when he first won the Universal Championship, And we have Finn holding that championship high above his waist. And when he turns around, there's a six foot six monster holding a briefcase seven feet in the air. Now we're on to some storytelling. Does this bring the judgment day closer? Or is this what's going to tear the judgment day apart? Ooh, now I'm into it. And think of that visual. And think about how Finn Balor will have to go to bed every night with one eye open. Sleep with one eye open. It's true. And that's the story. Clutching your briefcase tight. (laughs) And think about every time you see Finn on your TV, you're wondering, is this the time where Damian Priest is going to cash in? Plus, you also have the visual. Think of how Monday Night Raw starts, Bully, then, you know, after SummerSlam with Rhea holding her championship, Dom holding his championship, Finn holding his championship, and Damian holding the briefcase. Like, then Rhea's words are true. They dominate Monday Night Raw. Like, that is a hell of a visual to start off Monday Night Raw after SummerSlam. And I think we have laid out and painted a decent enough word picture as to why we would like to see Finn win the championship from Seth. Busted Open is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast. Catch the full three hours of Busted Open Monday through Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation, channel 156. Go to SiriusXM.com backslash Busted Open Trial to start your free trial today. NetCredit is here to say yes to a personal loan or line of credit when other lenders say no. Apply in minutes and get a decision as soon as the same day. If approved, applications are typically funded the next business day or sooner. 
Loans offered by NetCredit or lending partner banks and serviced by NetCredit. Application subject to review and approval. Learn more at netcredit.com slash partner. NetCredit. Credit to the people. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.